Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So it's been a little bit of a while. Welcome back to another episode of Togetherness. It's a little bit delayed. I do apologise, but it's good to be back. Very lucky in this episode to have been talking to Jess Impiazzi. Actress, also author. An incredibly kind and inspiring lady who I had the pleasure of uh, connecting with during this coronavirus pandemic. We connected on Twitter and she does a lot of kind stuff. She's a lovely person, very inspirational. And she's just, well not just, but she's released her book, Silver Linings. And uh, this shows Jess's life story that... Even through the best and the worst times, it's possible to find the silver linings. A very powerful, inspiring book, and one that I've been reading and getting a lot of inspiration. And it's picked me up through dark times. It's given me the drive, even through what's been a really tough period recently, which is why this is delayed. And I've read it, and it's just picked me up so much. So how's everyone been? Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's been a bit of a while. Um, I've been going through some stuff as well, and it's really important that we allow ourselves to have a bit of a break. So that's exactly what I've been doing. Now we're almost out of the COVID pandemic. Well, I say almost, we hope restrictions are lifting in the uk we're all feeling a little bit better uh, but we're all very anxious you know post lockdown anxiety something which is really coming to light recently but anyway let me stop rambling on and let's get on to the interview with jess um now 
my Alexa came to life in the middle of this and I keep trying to edit it to edit it out but it, it doesn't want to work so you can have a bit of a laugh both Jess and myself had a bit of a laugh with this um, and you'll notice but hey ho these things happen in life eh? so anyway without further ado here is the interview with Jess and I'd like to just thank her for taking out her for taking time out of her busy schedule um and for having the chance to talk like what a lovely and truly inspiring lady so here we go How are you anyway? Are you okay? I'm good. Yeah, just moved house, house this week. Uh, not day of the week it is. What are we on? Saturday. Saturday. Um, yeah, I've been moving house. I moved on Thursday, so I'm all set up now, I think. So, yeah. Um, I'm lucky I even managed to work the internet. So. <laughs> uh, moving house is so stressful. Like, I moved moved here, well, middle of last year. It's the worst yeah. thing. Like, it's, yeah, I'm not a fan of moving. I remember with my ex-husband, he played rugby. So we were, I think I moved about five times in one year, one year. And I was just like, no, I, I don't want to do it again. So I'm not leaving here for a long time. They'll have to pull me out kicking and screaming. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, obviously, we've spoken like well, on the social media hemisphere, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, you've done quite a lot. Uh, I've been reading more like into you uh, as well. I hope that didn't sound really weird. No, of course not. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I, I, you've done so much, and your book has just come out as well, isn't it, Jess? Yeah. Um, uh, th- that's it's really hard hitting, and it resonates a lot. And I think uh, a lot of people, you've done some reality TV, um, and for some people watching, they almost forget that you're a person as well, don't they? It's, yeah. And the story behind, can you? It, I'll let you introduce yourself as well, Jess. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about your story as well. Which... Sure. So um, I'll, I'll go right back, I suppose. Um, I went to theatre, oh, not too far back, I'll just go from here because I never know where to start. Um, I went to theatre school. That was like my main thing. I think as a kid, that's all I ever wanted to do was act, dance and sing. I think when when I was younger, we lived next door to a pub and it had a stage. And my mum used to go into the pub and in one of the rooms there was a stage and I used to get all the kids all around um, like the pub and make them do plays. And I used to do it with my little cousins, dress them up as elves at Christmas just to perform to the family. So I knew that's what I always wanted to do. And um, from that, I got into theatre school. Um, But whilst I was trying to do all the theatre stuff, I had some domestic violence going on at home. Um, And I didn't really, I think dancing, acting and singing was my release from all of that. Um, and then I went on from that my mum went blind my nephew died of meningitis it was all quite a lot and I was 17 when that all happened so when when that came about I ended up going to um I ended up having to drop out of theatre school because it was just a lot to take on at that age and I hadn't really had any help or dealt with what I'd seen as a kid with the domestic violence and I think 
it all just packed into this one big explosion, I suppose, um, inside me where I didn't know how to feel happy because I was unaware that I had post-traumatic stress disorder from the kids seeing this stuff. And I probably would assume that losing my nephew didn't, you know, it didn't help all of that. It yeah. made things worse. Um, so I ended up leaving to, to help look after my mum as well at the time. Um, and then I kind of just spiralled and got in a really bad headspace, which is when I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know, you know, I thought my acting career was done. I thought I couldn't do anything else. And I just got really depressed. Um but then reality TV came around and I, I just went and did it because I thought to be behind in front of a camera, at least it's something. And I kind of didn't know who I was or what I wanted anymore. And in a way, it helped because it gave me this new focus, I suppose. But at the same time, it's a cutthroat kind of evil industry, especially with social media now, which isn't, isn't mm-hmm. always the nicest place. But again, I there's two sides to everything just the social media is bad there's so much good on there like how we've connected how I've connected with other people um there's so much good about it but there's so much bad it's like the yin and the yang in everything in life there's always good and bad you just got to try and focus on the good um so yeah jumped into reality tv um it was in celebrity big brother where I kind of got my turnaround point because I thought I need to do this acting I met a few you know, I was on Year of the Woman one, and that had, you know, Amanda Barry, who's 80, she was 82 at the time, and back then she, you know, she'd done everything. She'd been acting her whole life on stage, on TV, in theatre, the whole lot, and she said to me, you've got to do it, go, go for your dreams, and that's when I came out and started doing the movies again. During that, I ended up getting divorced, so it was just like, it was just like this constant string of stuff going on that was just crippling me inside, and I wasn't fixing, and I suppose it wasn't until I filed for divorce where it was almost like I explained it to people like it was my rock bottom but it wasn't necessarily a bad thing because that I realized I didn't want to live in that mindset anymore and I think it was the catalyst to be like okay now it's time to do your thing like get out there and do it because if you're not happy like this the cycle has gone on for so many years now that it's just not working so you've got to do something else and so I started reading a lot and just learning about m- the mind because it's actually a really... <laughs> I think my other half's connected to the speaker and probably not realised. <laughs> like, what's that? <laughs> uh, you, I mean, you've had... Like, reading through your book, like, all of those experiences that you've had, like, they build you, but it takes so much strength to kind of pull yourself out of this dark place, doesn't it? And navigating the press as well. Yeah, Um, that was always quite hard because uh, on one foot, it was great from my career and, you know, it was helping me in other aspects like building a platform and, but I wasn't using it right. I was just like, oh, I'm going to be a drunk idiot and post that I'm drunk and I was like, well, this isn't really helpful for you and if it's not helpful for you, it's not helpful for others. So as I say, it wasn't until... After the divorce, I was like, actually, I'm changing my whole life around. Um, And going back, it was almost like I had my theatre school years. Then there was the crazy 20s where I just completely went off the rails. Not, I was never off the rails as in, like, I never touched drugs. I'm not interested in drugs. I'm not interested in any of that. I was just drinking all the time, going out, because I'd get annoyed of life and go out drinking, have a hangover, and then 
be a bit pissed off again and then oh off I go again and it was just like I I didn't heal I went and distracted myself with unhealthy distractions whether it be boyfriends that I knew weren't right for me whether it be going out and having fun all the time and not focusing on anything to do with the career um and I just I was just a bit lost I think that's the only way to to say I didn't know where I I fitted in life and I, I didn't have my focus or my purpose I was just dilly-dallying along and that was making me depressed because I've always had such a drive for the acting and I've always loved writing as a kid I used to write I mean I'm not a professional writer by any means and I wrote that book but I didn't know how to do it I just knew that I had to do something and something that I love and find my purpose again and I, I think once you find that and your purpose can be anything it doesn't have to be something extravagant and grand like we see on social media it's like oh unless you're a billionaire you know you're not making it and it's like Things aren't to do with money, and that's why I got a bit lost as well. I always thought money proved to others that I was a success. So I was living this life I couldn't afford and getting myself in trouble. And I actually, I was, to me now, success is to be happy in yourself. It's not It's not about the, what car you have or what bag you've got. And it, exactly. I think you get so caught up in that, especially with the social media of everyone comparing everything all the time, that it, it is a real place where you can get depressed because you think you're not a success because you don't have these things but that's not what success is success is literally being happy in yourself and living the life that you feel comfortable with I I think we get a bit lost on our values these days because it's chucked in our faces which is all a marketing thing it's like it's so deep when you go into it it's yeah, just yeah, the yeah. way you've been conditioned by tv adverts by beauty magazines but this is to be happy and it, it's not that's how if you keep striving you're never going to be happy you've got to be happy in the moment that you're alive we always look too far in the past or too far in the future we don't we forget to live now and if you're doing that all the time you're never going to be happy because every time you do a, do a step, it will wear off quickly because you're looking for the next bit in the future. We need to find the beauty in the moment. <laughs> I think do you th- in lockdown, especially the situations that the, everyone's in at the moment, I think that's probably been a really, it's been a good thing because people have started to realise actually the simplicity of life. But however, because we're all online now, I mean, there was a statistic that came out this week of, you know, young children as young as 12 on Instagram on TikTok are looking at these social media profiles they're getting so self-conscious thinking they're not worthy like how how would you tackle that see this this actually is is a hard one because I've got a 13 year old niece and I've been having her over for homeschooling kept her in the bubble to help her because um her her parents and my nephew's parents are key workers so they I needed to help help out um so she's been homeschooling with me and I do notice that every now and then I'm catching her on TikTok and I don't know, because I'm not her parent, it's so tough, but it does worry me because I do see all these things like, you know, Auntie Jess is this challenge and it's Nicki Minaj wriggling her butt and I'm like, oh Christ, oh, no. why? So I'm like, oh, let's, let's look at other ones. And I tried to explain to her, you know, how social media is not real, um, you know, and I, I try and give a very positive real life with her so that she's not looking at other things and I mean I don't know how to fix this situation because it is I mean I don't think anyone can really say how to fix it it needs to be the social media companies they need to be I mean I've always said they should have just like you have a car license you should have a license to prove who you are on these things because that would stop and you can get it taken away because there is none of these laws people are getting away with anything like some of the some of the things I've seen pop up like 
um, pages that promote anorexia or pages that promote, you know, other toxic bad things, there's nothing being done about them. They, they sometimes get white, but someone can just reload an account the next day and carry on. And that frightens me. But there needs to be in place from the from the companies that need they need to have stricter laws because they're getting a, it isn't I mean they're not wanting that to happen but they're not doing anything about it. And I think that really does sit with them and they should be held responsible for it. If you're going to have a platform that big, like any other company, whether it be plastic bottle making companies, they've now had to change what they do and recycle. Mm-hmm. Affecting the planet. Well, this is now affecting the planet because it's affecting children. And that should be our key. You know, we don't want a generation of children all messed up because of social media. And they need to take responsibility and they have to have laws in place. And I just hope at some point in the very very near future that that is something that they think about i think this is yeah and especially with ads i had a conversation with someone the other day about you know facebook twitter ads you know these companies put so much money Mm. into advertising their own social media their own products but especially with these diets i've seen it more and more during lockdown that these they're not healthy diets either there's so many different ones but they're making money out of this which is causing so much pain misery and especially the fashion industry as well. I didn't realize it before moving in with my partner, actually how toxic the female fashion industry is. Like you go into one shop, the sizes won't be generic to what the other shop is. And that caused so so many issues for so many women, young girls, like just all of these things. I don't know if it's something that we it's going to take a while. Yeah, it's a tough one as well. I mean, when I first came off of MTV, I was Instagram was pre- pretty new thing, and that was what was popping up on mine. And I was getting at the time these paid posts. And I thought, oh yeah, cool. With no thought, I mean, I was twenty three at the time, twenty four something, and I didn't even think I was just posting up like these these um, slim teas. And I was drinking it, and I was getting quite unwell. Like, they they laxatives basically, and I was just oh yeah, I post that, drink that because I was doing it. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it because I was obviously messed up myself with with body image that I couldn't see a problem and it wasn't until I kind of fixed myself and I thought holy crap like I should not be doing this and I suddenly just I I just said I'm never posting anything like that again like this is unhealthy this is dangerous and but it took me to notice that and this should be you know found from the what's the place where they have to tick off things if they're acceptable for consumption of humans that that this should be something that is the law because you know 23 year old me that was just prancing around off of reality tv getting paid to put a picture of myself on the internet i didn't think and you know a lot of these younger people that are doing these posts don't really see an issue because they don't get it themselves it so it's dangerous but now i when i kind of sat back and was like hold on a minute this is not healthy this is making me have an eating disorder nearly because i'm drinking tea so i don't eat like what it's crazy um but they just i I think that's now been locked down a bit more Uh, i think with jamie the edge of jamie Jamia Jamil, you know, um, the actress, she really made a campaign about these these booties and all these yeah. slim teas. And I think that was a really good turning point to make people realise that's not okay when you've got the Kardashians posting about how to get slim on these shakes and stuff. Um, but it, it just shows you how toxic and dangerous it is because I was I was completely in the mindset of the, the people marketing it to me because, oh, yeah, that sounds great. People love that. I love that. And actually, all it was doing was making me not feel great, drinking laxatives every day. Like, that's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Back to your, like, acting career. Like, 
because in your book and I think a lot of people will be able to relate to it you can play a different part and kind of step into a completely different universe can't you what's what's been your favorite character to play um oh god so I did a film about two years ago it's still not released because it was supposed to come out all in 2020 but I think we'll just write that year off altogether (laughs) so it should be out um in the first quarter of this year I think by April so fingers crossed um but I got to play a I think I'm allowed to say an AI kind of robotic intelligence kind of character that was really hard because at acting school and when I went back to adult acting classes in Manchester when I was older after Big Brother I was you you kind of get you'd learn how to tap into different emotions to be a different part but when you're you're a robot that kind of goes out the window how do you do that I don't know I don't even know if I've done a good job yet I'll soon find out (laughs) I'm sure you have (laughs) but um yeah, that was fun because it was so... I, I almost had to be, like, away of the fairies every day, and I, I kind of enjoyed that. Um, the one before that was a uh, horror film, and I ended up being the demon, which was so much fun to do because I'm normally, like, so cheery and happy running around with everyone and talkative, suddenly being this demonic, awful human being. Um, that was just so different to my normal life that you can kind of go a bit wacky with it. So that was always good fun. And I'm actually filming again, hopefully in May. I've got my script through, we've done some Zoom rehearsals and it's like a zombie comedy. And I'm really looking forward to that because I've not, I mean, I've done sketches of comedy and they've always made me really laugh during filming. It's like the best thing to do because you just can't stop laughing. And on the Zoom rehearsals, we've been in pieces, like we've had to really stop because we've been laughing so much. So I'm really looking forward to that character um, because, yeah, zombie comedies, like, you know, cross between The Hangover and Shaun of the Dead. And I just think it's going to be super fun. And it's something new. I'm like kind of new coming back to it. I've kind of rebooted this career and doing what I've trained for and what I love. So like any role that comes on, I just go for it with everything. And uh, yeah, I just love them all. I think I'm just lucky to have kind of gone full circle and, kind of break out of reality into the films again um so i just get really excited for any part that comes up oh that sounds so cool zoom rehearsals that must be like extremely weird and difficult at the same time i hope maybe they might uh, i don't know but will they include the outtakes from a zoom rehearsal how do you adapt to something like that (laughs) but you know on the script you've got like your 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 actions your movements so it's kind of like you're talking to the guy on the screen, but you're like, oh, you watch so-and-so walk away. So you're like this, and then like, what do I, how do I do this? Because you're there, but this is cool. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It also, I guess it's a new experience, isn't it? And the way things are done now, do you think it will shape the way that we, that TV and, you know, all these movies kind of work, saving money as well? Um, I mean, yeah, I think so. Because seeing that... You know, if I think it will help a lot of actors in the respect of a lot of the time, you know, some people might live in Scotland and the rehearsals in London and they have to go down for a day. Well, maybe they could start doing it like this. I think it would change a lot of things. There's nothing like being in the room together to really go for it. But table reads, for instance, that can be done now on Zoom. And I think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's nice to meet everyone, as I say, but if we're in this circumstance, it's a means to an end. And, you know, at least everyone gets to meet each other it's almost like you're face to face. So well, you technically are, but just not in 4D. 
And so, yeah, it, I think it, it will save a lot of money and a lot of time for people. And I mean, even auditions, self-tape rather than go in. I, I do like going into auditions, but I get so nervous. So I've got that now when I have an audition, I can retape it loads of times until I'm happy and then send it in. So you can be like, okay, I'm really happy with that. Because, I mean, any actor or, you know, people in that industry will know that when you go into the room, sometimes your nerves can take over. And then you just, you come out of the room like, I could have done that so much better. But um, you get the chance to now. So I'm, I'm not going to complain about um, self-tapes now. <laughs> uh, how do you get over that point of anxiety as well? Because that's... It's fun. Because I, I used to get it really bad and I'd nail it at home. I'd go into the room and panic and then ruin the whole audition process and it wasn't until I kind of learned meditation helps all the time I meditate every day just to calm and you can work on your breathing but when I learned it was again living in the moment kind of thing because I wanted to act I wanted to be back into what I love doing but I was so worried about the outcome of it that I was ruining the audition and I didn't enjoy the audition but being an actor that's one of the main things with the auditions rather than actually having the job because you can have a hundred auditions and only book one job so you know it's it's enjoying that process and once you enjoy it it's like with anything if you talk to someone that you know is loving something you you feed off their vibes when someone is happy and doing what they love you walk into somewhere like in a restaurant when you see the cook cooking up his food and he's loving it you're like yeah this restaurant sick and like it's the same when you go into the audition if you're nervous and on edge the people are going to feel that energy and they're probably not going to enjoy the audition either but when you when you realise they want you to succeed, they they want you to do well because it's going to make their job easier, and you just enjoy it and have fun. And so, what if you go wrong? They can feel the vibes. If they're going to feel that, you're going to nail the audition. You've got to enjoy it. Like, just don't even think about the outcome. Don't think about the future of it. Think of the now. And oh, I'm getting to do this in front of these people. This is great, and enjoy that moment. And it, I think we get so. Our nerves are always brought in and worry and anxiety is always brought in by thinking of an outcome. But we don't know what the outcome is going to be because we can't tell the future. Do you know what? You'd be great doing a like workshop training, like just in schools. That's something that schools need, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> and again, the social media part comes into play so much. It's seeing what other people are doing. You're just worrying about yourself, aren't you? There's, there's not a lot. Like the schools. Like at school, I remember, I mean, when, when you was at school and was at school, do you remember having a teacher that really loved it? All the kids are well-behaved and they're engaged and they're listening. But when you go into, I mean, maths, I sucked at maths. And every maths teacher I've had has been horrifically terrifying. And then I was too scared to learn because I was on edge because he was so, like, angry. And I couldn't learn. But if I go into other classes and the teachers, like, make everything fun and you can see they're enjoying their job. You engage more. Automatically enjoy it back it's human nature you give off the energy and you receive it and give it and then it just works I think we're seeing that more as well even with the homeschooling like looking on the news the other day they're they're trying to encourage kids just to get up make it a bit more fun a bit more vibrant because it's 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 difficult just sitting down at a desk doing your work being told what to do I I totally agree with what you said about last teachers out of life I, and I don't understand why it has to be done if we look back we're always you know in the office everyone's bored they like anything with on adverts everything's gloomy and dull and it's like why does that why does it have to be like that we can make everything fun just because things are fun doesn't mean you're not serious about your work you can be serious about your work but make it fun if everyone found the fun in what they do you'd have a happier generation of people exactly i I started out at mcdonald's i remember when i was 16 and my first job was at mcdonald's and everyone used to go you know you're working at mcdonald's i used to stand in the drive-thru and just make it into like a tinder like just whatever 
and it, it, it was so much fun like yeah. the wonderful land of mcdonald's and everyone loved it but I, I loved going into work i could just be a bit of a knob just yeah. have a laugh i was but... I, I was working at a gym and um it's not what i wanted to do i wasn't acting but i had such a laugh with everyone there and even the people that would like come in and use the gym i made such good friends with everyone because they have a chat go for their membership you're like yeah let's do this have fun i play tricks on people all the time like the other I mean, if you, you know, everything doesn't have to be serious. As long as you're enjoying and doing your job, you don't need to make, like, we always lose our inner child as we get older because we think, oh, bills, this, this. It doesn't mean you can't have fun because then you just get sad. Oh, exactly. I have to, I, <laughs> I have to bring up watching MTV the other day, uh, just a tattoo of us. <laughs> I love that program. It did cause a bit of a debate with me and my other half. How do you go? Like they tell you to decide beforehand for something nice mm. or something horrible. One, you dealt with a ghost. Still there. Admirably well. <laughs> I loved what you did, what you did back there. That must have been terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't best pleased. And I'm actually at the moment, I'll show you later, but I'll turn around. <laughs> um, I'm having laser removal on it which, might I add, is a lot hard, more painful than the tattoo itself. So I do not advise going on that show. You may get paid well, but the money's all gone and the tattoo's still here. So let's think forward on that only. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, but my only... I've got a, just a drunk avocado, like, waving on my I mean, finger. That's cool. I love an avocado. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Don't Suffer in Silence spelt wrong. Oh, um, no. So, but hey-ho. These things happen, things, right? Things happen. Like, stories. I've got shush written on my finger here, but the S came off, so now it just says, huh. <laughs> we have many things that go wrong. You get confused, you just hold up your finger. <laughs> oh, dear. So going back, like you promote a lot of kindness, a lot of good messages on your social media, stuff that the world really needs right now. And like you said earlier, there needs to be more safeguards around it. These companies are just, it's all money-focused. Mm-hmm. It's a load of yes what if you could give any message to any child or young person even adults in this time at the moment who are just doubting themselves you know there's financial issues mm. uh people losing their jobs like what would you say to really build them up and just keep going i think you just have to be kind to yourself as well like i think happy people wouldn't hurt other people i've always said that like you know when i've been down in the dumps I've judged others I've done this but we're in a time where it's none of us have lived through something like this before this is new to everyone and it's bloody scary but be open to feel those feelings I think a lot of the time we try and you know deflect anything and we'll look at the news and be like oh this person's an idiot for saying this and we'll go on the Instagram or Twitter and be like having a go at this person because they're saying something about the pandemic or this person's saying that and you don't agree just don't involve yourself in it. I, I honestly believe just keep working on inner you because if you're you're directing to others, it doesn't matter what they say. Like, you know, take social media with a pinch of salt. There's fake news flying around everywhere, which makes people suddenly scientists all of a sudden. And it's like just you've got to do how you feel inside is right for you. And keep, you know, don't, I don't mean keep it to yourself. I mean, like when you're reading these news things and it's, and it's worrying yeah. you. I say switch off of that because my mum was, I mean, for instance, my mum was watching the news the other day and started crying. And I said, well, why are you watching it if it's making you cry? Yeah, I know we need to be informed, but we don't, we can be informed without watching something for an hour long. 
we can find out what we need to do to keep safe and keep others safe and then we can switch off from it and then we can find little things in our day that we know makes us feel better like we you know money is an issue for everyone right now it's, it's a scary scary time um, and I, I can't say you know for people that are losing their homes and stuff I, I, I I'm terrible it's awful it's an awful thing that's happening um but we've got to be strong inside because it's hard to get knocked down when you're feeling strong inside and you've got to find things that you love like I, it sounds silly like even even for me if I just make myself a nice coffee every morning I just feel okay this is me time and I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to sit and have a meditation and clear my thoughts I think meditation is really important because it anchors your thoughts for the day and I know if I don't do it my I call it, it's the monkey mind and the monks say um it just swings from branch to branch and suddenly yeah. you've thought up this whole scenario that's probably not even going to happen um we are lucky in this in England for instance we have a government that supports you if you're in trouble you could you know there's things that you can turn to people you can turn to um, services charities that you can turn to um but you I think it's just really important to be kind to yourself um and that means switch off sometimes from things that make you feel sad and it's not selfish either there's still this perception that you know the self-care taking time for yourself is just you can't do that like obviously look out for other people but it's so important to just take time out to recharge. You, it's, it's imperative. Like my mum is blind. My real dad's an alcoholic and got, or he was an alcoholic, but he's now got Alzheimer's and vascular dementia. And if I'm not okay myself, I find it incredibly difficult to help them. I, I really struggle. And then I start getting panicky. And if I'm off center myself, I can't help anyone. You've got to fill up your own cup before you can help anyone else because then you're not going to do as much good if you're not full yourself. So actually self-care is not even selfish at all. It's actually the way you help others. Yeah. I mean, I've I'm learned that more and more over the last week, like it's been difficult. Like, and I think everyone's this lockdown seems to have hit so many people a lot harder. Yeah. I think one of the issues is in the news. When we go back to watching the news, the way it's kind of talking too soon about, Oh yeah. So we, june will be out of lockdown like these false hopes and people are getting really like oh yeah we're going to be out by june and then it's going back on it and it just the social media part for me has always been the hardest you know i was 13 when i came out of school was bullied mental health all sorts like i tried taking my own life it was it was horrible and then starting this campaign which suddenly went global and since then i've always been very active on social media but this week i need to just take a step back yeah. It was almost worrying. I, I was still worrying about everyone else, mm-hmm. but I just needed to kind of be on my phone or do that and post. And it, talking about, uh, I mean, that's it, especially how, what you promote as well on your socials is it's okay to talk about how you feel if you're having a bad day, especially at the moment when we can't have that one-to-one contact. Yeah. Like it is so important. And like, you, you have to recharge because you can't just keep giving and not give yourself that love. And when you give yourself that time and, the, you know, this lockdown I found harder than the first one. The first one I was very regimented for my runs and I kept a schedule and it was, it, I breezed through it to be quite honest. There was times when I was getting fed up like we all were, but it never got to me bad. This lockdown, I haven't been out for runs because it's too cold. I don't like being cold. Haven't really exercised. And that was always my, um, if I ever felt anything, I could exercise and I could get the endorphins going and I'd be fine. This one I haven't, so I did struggle a bit more, but I allowed myself to do that and find other little things that I like to do. Rather than thinking, oh my God, I should be going out for a run and panicking, I thought, okay, be kind to yourself. How are you feeling right now? 
do a bit of yoga in the front room. There you go. And I always think moving the body is very important because obviously it it helps on all, all levels, um, not just physically but mentally. Um, you know, that and going for walks, I'll take the dogs for like two hour walks. Um, that to me that's important just to get out because you have to self-motivate. But you also are allowed to have times you think, okay, actually, just be kind to me today. Uh, my body wants to sit and read a book for two hours. I'm going to sit and read a book for two hours. Um, we, you know, I wouldn't do that normally. I would be out at the gym writing my book in the cafe because I have all these things to go, but we don't have that right now. So you've yeah. got to, you know, do what's right for you. And I mean, I do I do think you should, most people or people should be going out for walks just to get out of the house. You need the fresh air. Um while well, you can, you know, on your little daily exercises that we're allowed. Um, that's important. I think it's good for the mind. But, you know, even if you want to go for a 10-minute walk, get yourself out, feel the fresh air, come in, and then you still be kind to yourself. You want to read a book and not do anything else? Read a book and not do anything else. It's just that motivation, isn't it? It's that, yeah. That's the hardest point of it. But once you're out, it's like taking the dog out. I know I've got to do it for the dog. Yeah. But once I'm out there, I don't mind it as much. I've got my headphones in. In my own world, uh, I can... Yeah. And you actually come home feeling quite refreshed from these things. And if you don't want to go, you're like, oh, God. But once you're out, you're like, actually, I'm kind of glad I did that because I feel refreshed. Going on to your book, how was that for you, writing all of that? Because I I read that and I've tried writing, like, I've written, like, even talking to, like, press about my background, my story. Like, going through that trauma, I'm saying like a lot. I don't know why. Um, Sorry. Um, but you go through everything. How was that experience for you? Um, quite refreshing, actually. Like, I, I think the great thing was was that I had to use a lot of self-discipline because, as I say, I was a theatre school kid, so I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't have any... I think I've got GCSEs, and that's it, in English and English Lit, so I didn't really know. I mean, at theatre school, it's not the highest of your priorities back then to be thinking how to write a book. But like we said, we are in an age now where we can go on things like YouTube and watch authors and get advice from authors just from watching their videos. And there's so much on there on on any career, really. So I just sat and made myself. I was like, okay, you want to do this, you're going to learn yourself. Richard Branson dropped out of school at 15. He's one of the richest men on on earth. But he knew he had, he he knew he wanted to do and he knew how he, he taught himself how to do it. And now he's got this big Virgin Atlantic company. Um, I, I think the main thing for me was when I was writing it just to make myself learn and teach myself. Once I taught myself, then the self-discipline came in because I had to sit and do it. Um, writing it was quite therapeutic because I just did it chapter by chapter, not even necessarily in order. I think that can, you can kind of tell that sometimes throughout the book, but each section that I knew was deep and important to me, I... I wrote about that and then I thought once that's done I can figure this out how to put it all together but I've always spoken about any traumas that I've gone through very matter-of-factly like I'll say well my nephew died of meningitis this happened I was there or my mum went blind da, 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 and talk about it in almost like a bullet point but when I had to write about emotions that was quite challenging because the the chapter about my nephew Charlie that was very hard to write and I remember really having a good cry when I was writing that because it wasn't being written matter-of-factly anymore it was how I felt which I kind of blocked off but then I afterwards I felt like I emptied something and that's why everyone says it's so important to talk because it is 
you feel a release once you put it out it was almost like you you, you let something go Absolutely. and um that's that's how I, I continued with it and every chapter I wrote and put to the side it released something and it was really really therapeutic no it's it's an amazing it's written very well like it it sounds like it's from you you read a lot of these books I mean I've this is the first book I've ever read I've not even read a book so there you go <laughs> um and still doing it on an iPad but you you get it you get I think everyone can relate to loads of parts especially the social media you can take so many quotes out as well like even in darkness you can find the light there were just, just so many yeah I just wanted to make sure there was like I knew, I know a lot of people relate to all this because one thing I did find through talking was I wasn't the only one there were so many people with all these things whether it be family issues anything a lot of people have gone through similar things and a lot of people like myself back in the day didn't know how to deal with that but I've always said, well, not always, I've said since I've been healing and kind of fixing myself, that from everything, whether you perceive it as awfully, awfully awful or something really great, you can pull something out of that. And whether that awful thing is just a lesson, that's a positive because you know that you won't do that again. So, you know, my nephew dying, I can't sit here and say, oh, I... I there's any positives on that because there's nothing positive about losing a 13 month old child. But what I did learn, which is the positive was the lesson that life can be taken away at any moment. So you've got to live each day with this passion and drive and love and kindness because you never know. You just never know. And that was my lesson. You just never know when your time is up. So live in this moment. It's so important. It's a hard thing to get your head around. I, I read Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now years ago and I still couldn't do it. But, you know, I'm still, sometimes I still think about, you know, the future and I do think about the past, but I don't dwell there anymore. Whether I would yeah. go off on little tangents in my brain for hours and be like, oh God, now I'm a failure. But if I'm here actually like right in this moment, I'm safe, I'm well, I'm healthy. That's all that matters. The only thing I've got right now is now. Simplicity is key. Yeah. And I think it's a big lesson that we're all learning, you know, with the start of this pandemic, you know, lives being taken away. We didn't know if it was going to happen to us or our family members. It is tough. And I think one thing that I I hope there's more support for is the PTSD and the trauma side of this, uh, the fear of young people. Yeah. Like, this is going to really affect them. A lot of them have lost people, but the PTSD that's going to come out of this afterwards is going to be, going to be horrible um so what 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 does the future hold for you now jess is there going to be like a jess biography part two (laughs) i'm actually halfway through a book um but what this one is is obviously silver linings was my story pulling the silver linings out of it to help others find theirs but this new book i'm working on is more about the tools i used so i don't talk about my story as much i can you know, there'll be points where I relate to things to show people what I've done, but I wanted to do almost like a toolkit of what I did to get out of that place. Because I thought, you know, if I'm, if I've used these and I use these things every day and people have read Silver Linings, I haven't explained in Silver Linings how I do every single thing each day. So I wanted to write something that could actually, people can put into their every day. Like, oh, okay, well, let's try this, try this, try this. Because we always get caught in this. I certainly did this cycle of doing things and expecting different results 
Well, then yes. I started changing things and getting different results and being a bit, oh, how did that happen? Well, because you change something. Like, you have to change something for something to change. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I'm writing this toolkit book, like a mini mind manual or something, I'm going to call it. But um, just to, to find the little tricks and the easy little day things that we don't realise can change every moment of our lives. Oh, I love that. Oh, I can't wait for that. So, yeah, let us know when it comes out. I will. I haven't got a publisher yet. I haven't even sent it to anyone. I'm just working on it every day. But again, I don't think too far. Just once it's done and I'm happy with my edit, send it off to an editor, find a publisher, and fingers crossed, it comes out and helps lots of people. <laughs> oh, Jess, you're amazing. Um, yeah, no, like I said, book was so inspiring. The more and more I read your social media posts, um, you've been a lifesaver for a lot of people a lot of Giles as well we all love Giles on social yeah, media um but no um yeah no it's extremely powerful especially now so uh thank you for taking the time out to come and talk a bit um well, I just, I'm not I just, a professional yeah. interviewer <laughs> I'm getting finding my feet with this but it, you know no, I don't plan I just in. talk yeah you <laughs> jump in and talk and this is how we change things just go for it take the leaps exactly it's just trying to have a normal conversation which inspires people is the way i try and think about it but um yeah so your book's available i mean i got it off the apple bookstore where where can everyone get the book it's on amazon it's at wh smith's waterstones foils and all the other bookstores really so you can kind of get anywhere and amazon we stopped it sold out on the first day which was kind of like mind-blowing for me um, so yeah, they're restocked. It's, it's, it's yeah, anywhere, silver linings. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Ho- for no, thank you. And I'm sure we'll keep in touch, but yeah, no, thank you for, for everything you're doing and for the positive messages, like it, dark times, but there's a big light that's come out at the end of the tunnel. We'll keep it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, Jess. Now, I don't know about you, but I found that whole conversation just so inspiring. Now, I must apologise to Jess um, because I was supposed to put this out ages ago and there's a lot of stuff that's happened and like Jess said, you've got to give yourself time to recoup because otherwise, if you're going to help others, then you need to help yourself first. And uh, this is very delayed. But if you, honestly, I listen back to that now making this this podcast and putting it together and I take so much inspiration out of so many parts of it and still every day, uh, Jess inspires me, her book. Like she said, it's available on Amazon, WH Smith's, Waterstones, Apple Books, the whole book world hemisphere online where you can purchase it. Silver Linings, go get it, go get inspired. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Jess, for joining. Uh, it, it was amazing, and uh, it's really worth a read. Um as soon as you start the book, not even getting into the first chapter, you get so many inspiring quotes. Um, the One of my favourite quotes is that we can't change the past, but we can learn from it. And I guess that's the main thing. There is always a silver lining. And Jess has been through a lot of hardships. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that's happened. And 
she's come out the other side. Absolutely amazing. So inspiring. So once again, Jess, thank you very much. Now, I don't know when the next episode's going to be. Um, like I said, I've just been taking a break, but there will be more episodes coming out. You can follow Jess on Twitter and on Instagram. And like I said, go buy her book. It's on Amazon, WH Smith, Waterstones, Apple Books, literally everywhere. Uh, you can go onto my website for the Amazon link at joeplum.org. You'll see the lovely little slider thing and you'll see Jess's book uh, cover there. Go buy it. It's worth a read. I hope everyone's safe and well. It's Sunday that this has been released today. Uh, it's about what two months after me and Jess recorded this. Um, so, uh, yeah, have a lovely Sunday. We're getting to the end of, hopefully, the last lockdown restrictions are lifting. Uh, but be kind to one another. Look out for one another. Be kind to yourself and uh, wishing everyone uh, lots of love. Sending lots of virtual hugs. And, uh, yeah, buy silver linings and go follow Jess. Speak to everyone soon. Lots of love. This is Togetherness. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.